0: teary-eyed. Yeah, i have been yawning for like the last minute and a half. Yeah. Well, now we know.
1: There's some spiritual magic happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This whole week actually really has been. up actually really fucking shivery too, which we both know is like my version of a yawn. Neil yawns for five minutes, Zach just starts shivering and has icicles coming
1: out of his nose. Yeah, I just fucking <laughs> shiver uncontrollably. I feel like a chihuahua. <laughs> chihuahua, Zach? Chihuahua. Chihuahua. I was trying to think of a spiritual joke to make out of a chihuahua, and I couldn't think of anything.
0: <laughs> There's not much, man. Fair the enough. least spiritual of all the animals. Well,
1: I was really laughing at something this morning, and I think the audience would probably enjoy this. How we were just talking about how you thought I was very egotistical for the so so long because I refer to myself in third person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you refer <to> yourself <laughs> in third person all the time. Like I think this is just a share real this? thing, and I'm like everybody does this. <laughs> So what was the conclusion? What did you come to understand about me? (laughs) So I was giving you a reading earlier in the week. And one of the things that they had brought through was essentially like, as you continue on your path, your personality becomes more exuberant and like more more charismatic. Not that you're already not charismatic, but it becomes almost like talk show radio personality, Neil. And it's like your soul uses that personality like it kind of like acts through that personality in the same way that somebody would act through the radio personality and it's like okay i'm not identified as neil but I understand that like I am the Neil, right? And so when I was like, oh, he's just the Neil, that's why like he's just been over the over the months referring to himself in third person more and more and more as like the days go on. <laughs> Welcome to the Neil. You didn't say that before, but that's even more entertaining.
1: <laughs> the Neil. Welcome to the Neil. <laughs> I feel like it's a TNT show. Oh, it's something. All right. That's great. Or like Thank Bravo. <laughs>
0: I don't know why. I just thought of Johnny Bravo <laughs> the old Straight cartoon. Oh. I feel like Bravo is like uh, the hallmark channel for middle-aged men. Change my mind. Is it? It feels that way. It's like, or maybe I'm thinking of TNT, whatever. Yeah, you're whichever. thinking of TNT. I'm like, Bravo has a lot of like, a lot, I hate to
1: qualify as this, but like a lot of like sort of like housewife sort of shows.
0: Well, I mean, like, the, they're they're literally shows that where the, the housewife is the protagonist. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're I get what you're yeah. saying. But I think you're yeah. thinking of TNT. TNT, really, it's like not Jason Siegel, It's like uh, I think it's Jason Segal is how you pronounce his name. He's like the you know the cop, martial artist, actor. Yep, like all these really bad martial arts movies on there. Yeah, that's what you're getting at. Yeah, about some like, <laughs> like hard, Bravo's detective cop <laughs> who's like really good at martial arts or something like that. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Neil and I are carrying on the Android versus iPhone beef right now. We were, we were looking at something on our phones, and <laughs> I'm an Android user, <laughs> and I get lots of shit for it. But I'm an iPhone. But my phone actually actually kind of came through as the as the more convenient one. And so we were shitting on iPhones versus Androids. And what was our conclusion?
1: iPhones suck. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love my iPhone. They just suck.
0: suck. They break. They, they break don't last long. Like, yeah, Go they ahead. break down after like six months. And it, this is the thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, Cardiologists just put out a paper oh, yeah. that's showing that the iPhone 12 is literally shutting down people's pacemakers. And like making defibrillators not function in hospitals. So the next time I hear that my texts turn your phone green and that pisses you off, I just don't give a shit. Listen to the woke doc. Listen to the woke doc. doc. (laughs) (laughs) That was
1: great. I thoroughly enjoyed that. All right. (laughs) So, Mr. Woke Doc, we, we have things to share today that you would like to get into. What is on your mind, sir?
0: That's right. That's right. So I was meditating this morning and my guides or me or whatever was just like, you should give a lecture. And I'm like, I don't want to give a lecture. And they were like, but, but you should do it. I was, I was Wait, like, did they, right, were
1: sure. we actually like in the words of terminology of like lecturing too? Hmm? Are,
0: are we actually, were they actually in like that sort of energy and terminology of like lecturing too? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, yes. you know, I have, I have like a, a handful of bullet points that I want to get to here and I spend so much time in lecturing. I can't even think of another way to do it. So <laughs> so I'm going to raise my hand and be that audience member that keeps like asking ridiculous things. I'm so glad because they were like, you should do it like a solo. And then Neil and I were talking and he's like, I have nothing to say today. <laughs> yeah, like, you can ask me questions. <laughs> my experience this morning was I have nothing to say today
1: thinking about the podcast. And the things I would like to say, I can feel some restriction in my throat. So that's a sign from spirit that it is not happening. <laughs> They're shutting it down. They're shutting it down. They pulled down the curtain.
0: They said, Neil, no bad boy. They pulled on the curtain on you, man. It's like Wizard of Oz. You get to be the big head that hides behind the curtain. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the big head behind the microphone and my illness. The boom mic that was broken a second ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a struggle right now, guys. It's okay. We're all in it. It's been a crazy week.
0: So Zach, preach, and I'm going to ask you weird questions along the way. Perfect. So what I wanted to talk about today was the topic of frequency or vibration and physiology, and where those two things meet up and how we as biological systems, how we as human beings interact with frequency and interact with vibration. Because we hear a lot in the spiritual community, like, oh, raise your vibration, raise your vibration, raise your energy. But like, how many people actually know what that means? So I wanted to break it down for people. Break it down, break it down. I call my cardboard go, box go, if you want to have a breakdown by it later. Go, go, go. go oh, pass it out. Go, go. go <laughs> All go, right. Break it down. So I wanted to start with a couple of really fundamental things. And I'm gonna try and keep this like as light as possible. And if anybody has any questions about it later, like you know where to find us. We're in the show notes. So the thing I wanted to start with is the concept of frequency versus amplitude. And this is like if you're gonna learn anything about vibration at like a physics or like a chemistry standpoint, like you have to have a conversation about frequency and amplitude. It's the most like one hundred and one kind of basic thing that you can do. Um, you know, we hear a lot about like raising our frequency or like, you know, what's the frequency of this intention or of that teaching or all that kind of stuff. From a physical standpoint, you have these two things, frequency and amplitude, frequency, in physics, just means the number of times that something oscillates per unit time. So, like the number of times that a noise would oscillate per second. Number right? of times that Neil re- references himself as Neil. From yes, the third person. The, yes, and you are yes. becoming more and more powerful with with every growing <laughs> month. <laughs> yes, uh, the Neil frequency. Oh, that sounds that's, like a, great. that's like a physics principle. So the thing about frequency. Is that frequency determines the energy of a thing, right? So the higher the frequency, the higher the energy, and that's what that's what we're familiar with when we talk about raising our frequency. So for example, like a gamma a gamma wave, which is like <laughs> for you nerds out there, the thing that turned uh, Bruce Banner into the Hulk is a lot higher than a microwave, which is the thing that turns that block of ice in your freezer into a burrito. <laughs> and, and uh we have amplitude and so amplitude is just like if you were looking at it on a graph it's the height that the thing oscillates at and with regards to physics this just means like the sound or the intensity of something so if somebody's playing the piano and they're playing like a C note at a high at a high level the frequency of that it like the frequency is still c note but the amplitude is changed and that's that's kind of that's that's kind of how we can we can make that distinction i'm pretty much going to drop amplitude at this point now that we have an understanding of what frequency is neil do you All have right. anything from here let me keep going no i was thinking about se- about just singing different c notes and i decided not to <laughs> <laughs> sing uh, us a song uh, on your piano mouth. okay <laughs> So the next thing that I wanted to talk about is all matter is energy. That's what you guys know of as Einstein's E equals MC squared. That equation literally just says that the energy of any given thing is equal to its mass, which is M, times a constant, which is the speed of light squared, right? So that's not really important, but the concept here is that all matter is energy. The desk that you're sitting at, the headphones you have in your ear it's actually all energy and some some things or some energies vibrate or have frequencies that are low enough that they behave as matter like a desk or a headphone or a microphone or a fork knife a fork knife a steak knife <laughs> um all matter like i said is like all matter is energy and energy can behave as either a particle, which is your desk or a wave, which is like the light that comes through your window. And they've actually done like old experiments that show this. It's called the slip lamp experiment, if anybody's familiar with that term. And basically what they found was like two groups of physicists were like duking it out West Side Story style, like the sharks versus the jets. And one group was like, I think light is actually a particle and it's just like really, really light, like, you know, weight wise. And the other group was like, I think light behaves as a wave. Let's figure it out. And so they constructed an experiment and the groups of physicists that thought that light behaved as a particle got results that supported that light behaved as a particle. Like the light actually behaved like matter when they observed it and for the people who thought that light was a wave and was not made of matter but was just energy got results from the same experiment that concluded that light was energy and so this brings into the fold the concept that intention actually affects reality and we see this all the time this is the whole reason or the whole theory behind placebo effect this is why we have to lie to people every time we do a clinical trial because you'll see like a 30% improvement in somebody's symptoms and you've given them a sugar pill, you know? So this was kind of the first time that we saw this happen. And the, the way that this particular thing here ties into physiology is that if you think about every organ in your body, every organ in your body is just energy oscillating at different frequencies. So your bone is really hard and resilient and your liver is like really soft and squishy and they do different things. But at the end of the day, they're all just atoms, which are all just energy and the bone is lower energy. So it's harder and the liver is higher energy. So it's softer and it's far more complex than that at a physiological level. But like we're trying to keep that so we need to know. Yeah. That's what we need. That's to the know. goods right there. We're keeping things simple. And this will tie in later when we talk about like healing modalities and how this works with cool, vibration. Ooh, ooh. Oh, 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 bring it together, Neil. So the, ne- <laughs> the next thing <laughs> that we want to talk about is all things, like we said, are vibrating, all things, whether it's vibrating right now, Neil's vibrating. He's just buzzing ooh. over here. He's had too much caffeine. <laughs> Whether it's the light that comes through your window or the desk that you're sitting at, all of it is in vibration. And you'll learn this like in any decent chemistry 101 class that like, if two things bond together, they vibrate next to each other. They vibrate up and down. They vibrate along their axis. They, they shift around. They, they move and boogie. So everything vibrates. And if everything vibrates, everything gives off sound. Now, the thing that I haven't quite figured out is at what point does something give off more sound than it gives off light? I haven't quite figured that out yet, but there are two different ways that vibration can express itself through sound and through light, right? So it becomes a little fuzzy here because all light Condenses into, or like all light can condense into matter, but all matter can give off light. So if you're looking at a tree and you're seeing the leaves as green, what's actually happening is that those leaves are absorbing all the frequencies of light that exist except green, and they're ejecting light out that's the frequency of green, and that's what your eyes are picking up on. But at the same time, the leaves and the tree are vibrating and they're giving off a sound. But that doesn't mean that you can hear it. And that's what I wanted to get into next.
1: I'm really excited for this part.
0: <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. You're sort of saying, Zach, everything is making a sound, but if I put my ear up to my desk, please don't put your ear up to your desk. I can't hear I'm it. doing it right now. Hmm? So I'm doing it right, right now. It absolutely is. He's got like a, it's like two cans with a string attached to them. And he's got it placed on his desk. I hear God. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, <shit>. um, <laughs> so if all things are giving off sound, Zach, why can't I hear them? Because your ears are not built to hear them. Right. So I did a little bit of cursory research before this because I couldn't remember the exact numbers, but the human ear can only hear between 20 hertz, and hertz is a measurement of frequency, to 20,000 hertz. This whole thing serves a function. Basically, physiology says, has decided for humans, you only need to hear this range of frequencies in order to survive. This, This should be enough for you to survive. We'll give you other things. We'll give you color vision. We'll give you opposable thumbs will give you a really big brain and then you can survive with those things, but we're going to take away some hearing for you. Whereas your dog is like staring at your door in the middle of the night and you're like, is there a ghost? It's like, no, it's probably hearing a car that's like three miles away that you can't hear yet because your ears don't have the hardware for that kind I'm of just thing. just
1: thinking of you and me waking up in the middle of the night and asking the same question.
0: <laughs> oh dude, I had a little, I had a little visit last night. Oh yay. I, haven't, oh, yay. I think last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So at like a physiological standpoint, this is just because we we have cells that are built to pick up certain frequencies. So inside your ear are these little things called hair cells. And I love it because it's such a simple name. Most of the things in the body have stupid names that are really long (laughs) and make no sense. And they're based half in Latin, half in Greek, half in Spanish. And I know that's 150%. But these things are just called hair cells. And basically, they sense sound at different frequencies. So some of them sense sound as low as 20 hertz. Some of them sense sound as high as 20,000. And that's basically how we go throughout the day. So if everything's making sound and something's making it sound at 19 hertz, you're not going to pick it up. The same way, you're... Your eyes also function similarly, but it's not hertz that we're talking about anymore. We're talking about visible light. If all of you went into Google right now or ask Jeeves, because you know I'm not gonna not gonna self select you for Google over here. Ask Jeeves is banging. Android user. <laughs> hmm. Said Android user. And yeah, exactly. I use <laughs> I use Ask Jeeves, and I have an Android. I use AOL search. Use AOL, perfect AOL switch. Yeah. I still use I used to use AIM and pigeon carriers. So <laughs> I'm on dialogue. Oh, are you really? Yes. <laughs> I go to the library and I I put a quarter into the computer and I, I rent it for 15 minutes. So right. <laughs> so your eyes can also only sense like a certain amount of light. So if you went into Google or Bing or asked Jeeves or uh, you called up your local librarian and you typed in visible light spectrum, you would see that what we call visible light is like 120th not even, it's probably like 1 100th of the actual range of light or frequency that we can measure. And as an interesting point, what we call visible light, another species, even on this planet would probably not consider visible light, right? We can see a very narrow range of things. First, I'm sure some species out in the universe, X-rays are visible, but we don't see X-rays, right? So, Neil, at this point, before I move on, is there anything that you're confused about? Are there any questions that you want to represent the audience on?
1: I have some questions and thoughts, but I think it's going to come together a little bit, so I'm going to wait a little bit before we get there. Okay. Sounds all right.
0: good.
1: All right, all right, all right.
0: All right, all right. So. So. The way that we hear things, right? Like I talked about, we have these hair cells that move and, you know, kind of sense and open up their channels and and send signals to your brain when they respond to a certain frequency, the frequency that that little particular hair cell responds to. Your eyes have what are called rods and cones, right? The rods are good for night vision. So they're really sensitive, but they only see black and white. So that's why when the sun goes down and there's no light around, Everything is in shades of gray and black, and the tree doesn't look green anymore. The tree just just looks like a dark shadow because the cells in your eye that are allowing you to see with less light aren't sensitive to color. They're just sensitive to light in general. Whereas the cones that you have, cones for color, the cones can actually see certain frequencies of light, a very narrow range of them, but they can see certain frequencies. So I'm looking at Neil right now. And he's looking sexy in a red flannel, as always. Ow, ow. And so his flannel isn't actually red. His flannel is picking up all the light around him, and then it's ejecting red light back at me. The rods in my eyes, or sorry, the cones in my eyes are picking up that red frequency, and then it's sending it to my brain. A bunch of stuff happens, and then my conscious mind interprets what I'm seeing as red because somebody taught me that that color is red. Okay? Okay. So that's, that's a tie in there. The way that this all kind of comes together in a practical way is kind of with the question, Zach, if, if we can't perceive it, can it affect us, right? If I can't see the light that you're talking about, does it still affect me? If I can't hear the sound that something is giving off, does it still have an effect on me? The answer is yes. Have you ever broken your arm and gotten an x-ray, right? You can't, see the x-rays coming out of the machine, you can't even feel them. But lo and behold, not only does it help a doctor create an image so that they can see and tell what's going on in your bones, but it also has some deleterious effects. It also affects the tissues. And over time, if you had enough x-rays, could increase your risk of cancer, right? It's not to say, go be scared of x-rays, but you know if you're getting one every day, that's probably a bad idea. And on the same... On the same note, if you've ever had somebody read the Akashic Records for you, there is light and energy that you can't see, that you can't hear, and it's affecting you on some level. And that's where kind of all of these things tie together. And this is the principle behind infrared saunas, like in light therapy. This is the principle behind sound therapy and those people who use like singing bowls and why they somehow like miraculously heal random things. It's because... Like we talked about at the very beginning, each organ has a different frequency. The liver has a different frequency than the bone, has a different frequency than the brain. If a sound resonates, like a sound out of a singing bowl, resonates at the frequency that, let's say, your liver tissue should be at when it's healthy, then your liver will go into co-resonance with that vibration with the sound of that singing bowl and it will align itself to a healthier expression. And this changes things at the level of the gene, right? Do you want me to, you want to ask any questions before I start talking about epigenetics? Okay, cool. So this changes things at the level of the genes, right? This doesn't mean that the actual sequence of your genetic code changes. This doesn't mean that you, you know, that somebody plays a singing bowl and I go from looking like me to looking like Neil. Right. But we should, you should all we strive, should all strive, for, strive for it. Honestly, especially in that red <laughs> flannel, just let's all go to denim barn, buy a bunch of red flannels and look like Neil. And wear and jorts. jorts. Are you wearing jorts with that flannel? I was going to say no. cold, cold bottoms, <laughs> warm top. <laughs> I do overheat. So Fettle, let it breathe. Oh. <laughs> so this affects things at the level of genetics or rather, at the level of epigenetics, epi meaning above, genetics obviously meaning your genetic code, your genes, right? So everybody has, in large part, very, very, very similar genetics. Like, varies, like 99.9% similar genetics, with the exception of like maybe a couple of random mutations or little things that can affect people here and there. One of the things that really changes the way that we look and the way that we express as physical beings is our epigenetics. So, there is something in biology that we call the central dogma. For all of us here in spirituality, and we hear the word dogma and we're like, ugh. But <laughs> the central dogma says that you take genes or DNA, you convert them to a different type of genetic material called RNA and then you convert that RNA into a protein. Proteins do all the work. Proteins are what sense the the light waves coming into your eyes. They're what you know allow your ears to hear noise. They're the things that allow you to feel warmth and cold and you know tickle and you know sharpness, right? And basically, those proteins determine the the specificity or like the the quality that something has right if i have you know uh, the proteins that express in my eye express in my ear then my ear is going to start seeing light which doesn't make any sense but that's kind of how the body specifies itself it all starts as one cell and then turns into a bunch of cells that have the same genetics but express differently because of the way that they're imprinted and the way that epigenetics works is that it basically either hides pieces of dna so that the particular cell can't use them or it exposes pieces of DNA so that that cell can't use them, right? So my eye is hiding certain genes that would make it more like a cell that would make bone and the cells that make bone are hiding a bunch of genes that would make them see light. It's, it's really complex, but it's, it's in some ways as simple as that. So the way that this ties in with our spirituality is when we start talking about attunements and activations. Ooh. You guys have probably heard Neil and I talk about attunement fevers a handful of times. And we just kind of like randomly thrown that term in and Neil, do you want to tell them what it feels like to have an attunement fever? Cause they haven't heard from you in like 10 minutes. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? Long time no see. Just kidding. Uh,
1: yeah. Attunement fevers or post activation, just, Feels you know things that happen after you go through some sort of energetic experience, healing experience it can be it can be a few different things. Um, for Zach and I, most of the times together, we we are both just feeling a little slow, feeling a little down. You know, we say fever because it's almost like fever-like. Sometimes your body can feel like it's a little warm. You can feel just tired, slow. Um, The most common experience for people after some sort of healing event or release is more so actually usually going to be emotional. Um, Old emotional thoughts, old doubts, beliefs, whatever it is coming to surface as they begin to release. But yeah, often for Zach and I, we're just kind of tired and feeling like we're getting, we're about to be
0: sick. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, some of the things that you talked about, feeling like heat and feeling emotions; so those those are the two things that I really wanted to pick up on. So, thank you for thank you for knocking that one out of the park. After I, you're teed welcome, it up. baby. <laughs> oh. So the thing about heat, right? Fever. We talk about a fever. What determines a fever is like the temperature of your body, right? So, the reason that we get an attunement fever is not because we're infected. It's not because we're sick. It's because our body is hotter. But Zach why is the body hotter? Thanks, but Zach. Mate. Why is the body hotter? <laughs> but why does yours shiver? That's a good question. I don't know. So when we go through an attunement fever, our body gets hotter because our metabolism increases. So when we undergo an attunement and a bunch of energy rushes in, or you know these light codes or however you want to think about it, what it does is it affects your DNA at an epigenetic level. So genes that were once repressed can now be made so if you think about a person like neil who can see auras right oh hey oh hey and most people are walking around they're like i just see a person and neil's like oh your aura is purple <laughs> yo the moment you said that
1: though like the all the energy around you became green and then you stopped and it went away
0: oh that's crazy magic <laughs> so neil's sitting here and he thinks that i'm looking green Um, it's not because I'm sick. So Neil is seeing green all around me and somebody else might just be seeing a dude in a red hoodie um, and wondering why I'm always in the red hoodie. Because you're so green. (sighs) Because I'm so green. So, because I'm Christmas. (laughs) So (laughs) you wonder to yourself, why can some people see auras or why can some people hear spirit and channel? Why can some people sense energy and other people's can't and other people can't? It's not that... Those people who can't quote unquote sense energy have no capability to do so. It's just that the genes or rather the proteins that sense those frequencies aren't expressed in the same way that we don't have the proteins expressed in our ears to hear really, really soft noises the way a dog might hear them or really, really high pitched noises the way a dog might hear them. Some of these people haven't tapped into their DNA deep enough to start expressing the genes that allow them to see auras and like hear information from spirit and feel energy as it shifts out of a person into a person and all those types of things. So the energy from the attunement comes into your body and it basically unravels your DNA. And it does this through these things called histones and like acetylation and all this, you know, biochemistry boring stuff that most people don't care about. And basically what you could do is you could imagine your DNA is spaghetti. It's linguine, because we all love spaghetti. And I'll it's wrapped to say around spaghettios, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's wrapped around a giant meatball. And that's kind of what a histone and a DNA look like, right? And if I take the piece of spaghetti and I unwrap it from the meatball, that's like unwrapping your DNA from a histone. And now all of that spaghetti is now accessible. And <laughs> now I can start getting things off of the spaghetti, right? So now I can start expressing my genes. When your body is upgrading and it's like, has more genes to express, it wants to make them. It's going to naturally start making those proteins that allow you to see auras or tap into the records and hear spirit and feel energy as it releases from somebody. So you can tell when they're healing and all these different things, but you have to understand that, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You don't just get to make proteins in your body for free. That takes energy. But 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 but, but, but. no but. Okay, I mean, you got to don't want free lunch. You want free lunch. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Don't we all? (laughs) Free lunch sounds great right now. It does. I'm hungry. I really want a scone. Let's do it,
1: you little red scone, you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, like I said, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Your body can't just make proteins for free. It takes energy. And in order for our body to make energy, heat comes off as a byproduct. It's the same thing with anything. It's like if you drove your car, you know, for an hour, and then you open the hood and you touched your engine, you'd burn your finger, right? Because your engine is processing heat, and as, or is processing energy, and as a byproduct, heat comes off. So that's what happens when we have an attunement fever. When you go through a big spiritual release and you're like, why do I feel like I have a fever? Like, why do my joints ache? Why am I hot? It's because your body is literally, the metabolism is running because you just released a bunch of low energy and replaced that space in your body with a bunch of high frequency. And now your body is literally doing more shit at a physical level. Boom. Boom. And the emotions themselves are also frequency. So like Neil talked about, you're going to have a lot of emotions coming up when you get into attunement. And you can almost imagine this like, how do I want to put this? If you had like a thick liquid at the bottom of a cup, and then you started pouring water into that cup, the thick liquid would rise to the top as the water started to like kind of pierce through it and raise it up. And then eventually the thick liquid would kind of spill out over the top until there was nothing but water left in the cup. That's kind of how you can think about it. These really high vibrational, like for your highest good frequencies come into your body. And they basically like push pop or like chia pet all the other shitty frequencies out of your body. And when all of these, when all of these lower vibrational emotional frequencies come out of your body, then your epigenetics have to change, right? Because these lower vibrational frequencies, like let's say the fear let's say sorry what i was giving you emotion fear yeah fear like fear. fear or greed right like we'll we'll take fear as an example the vibration of fear and, and some specific fear really will cause your genes to encode in a certain way and we see this through generations of people this is this is, this is karma right your epigenetics are your karma you ancestral come, ties your ancestors, yeah yeah, yeah yeah your ancestral ties like you can look at you know the dna of a of a bunch of of like a population of people that grew up in a specific ge- geographical location versus another one and even if the sequence of their genetics are the exact same one group will have different epigenetics than the other and this comes from environmental input but it also comes from spiritual input it comes from generational trauma they've done studies with mice, for example, where they would, every time they would expose a mouse to the scent of a cherry blossom, they would shock it until that mouse became, you know, would would create a fear response anytime they smelt a cherry blossom. And so you're thinking like, okay, that's like classic Pavlovian conditioning. Like we were very familiar with that type of thing. But what they found was for the next three generations, so that, that mouse's children and the children's children and the children's children's children all had fear responses to cherry blossom scent, even though they had never once been shocked in their entire lives. And they did epigenetic, you know, I don't think they really did actually epigenetic testing, but like what this tells you is that there's actually epigenetic imprinting happening to the genes. And when we go through the process of healing when we clear these negative emotions that we have when we feel like we have a family curse on our head like everybody in my family has anxiety or depression like you know everybody in my family ends up addicted to alcohol or heroin or cocaine or whatever understand that that that, that is something that's happening in your epigenetics but that doesn't mean that that's your fate it means that you have the ability to heal that frequency out of your body And give your children a better life, to give yourself a better life, you heal these frequencies and your body responds to the emotional healing that you have. It changes your DNA and makes you more than you were before. So, in a level of
1: energetics and vibration, when, you know, so many times where we go through just generational trauma or we have these ancestral karmic ties that need to be that we get a chance to heal that person that does the healing is healing also generations that leading up to that so on an energetic level what's happening there
0: mm-hmm. uh, on an energetic or a physical level both 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 uh so okay so you have to understand that everybody has personal karma and everybody also has like, I, I want to say like lineage trauma, but that's not the word that I'm looking for. Familial trauma, right? And familial karma. And there are kind of like two ways to think about this. So the soul accrues its its own karma as it lives its lives. And then it needs to incarnate into lifetimes where it has the opportunity to bring balance to those, to, to that karma, or bring balance to those opportunities. If I spent a life where I became incredibly rich at the expense of putting a bunch of people in poor living conditions at the expense of putting people out on the street and i i did i accrued wealth through greed and through a disregard for the humanity and the divinity of other people then i would accrue karma where i would need to live a life where i balance that and that can look a lot of different ways that doesn't mean i have to be poor in the next life but what it does mean is that I have to contend with the antithesis of that energy of greed right or you know the the denial of the divine and those that I see before me and those types of things. In order for me to as a soul orchestrate a life where I get those opportunities, I need to incarnate into a body that will have those opportunities And a lot of times a body that will have those opportunities is one that has familial epigenetic or like familial trauma or epigenetic changes or familial you can call it a curse but really it's like an energy that follows through the family line through the DNA and through the epigenetics so when I lift in frequency so say it is addiction like let's say my family has uh, every everybody in my family has a problem with alcohol We'll use that as an example or a problem with gambling. And I realize those tendencies in myself, you know, I start going to the gym and I work out too hard until I'm injured. Um, I, you know, I start whatever, they can be positive or negative. You know, I start going to the, to the horse tracks and I start betting and then I get way too into betting or I go to school and I focus all my energy on studying and I don't have a social life. And these are addictive kind of behaviors. I have the opportunity to heal those, to to lift that vibration. When I do that, several things happen. One, obviously, like we talked about, the epigenetics change in my own body. My body starts to emit a higher frequency because I'm vibrating at a higher frequency now that I've done away with some of a lower frequency. That affects all of creation. They've done... Studies in physics, you guys have probably heard of the, the phrase entanglement that shows that any two particles or any two electrons that have ever interacted before will be entangled to each other through the quantum field. So if I cause a vibration in one electron, then another electron, millions of light years away will vibrate because you know when the big Bang happened, if that's you know how we want to think about creation, all matter touched itself at one point. I'm realizing how that sounds now that I've said it. (laughs) All matter is constantly touching itself. So when I raise my frequency, I raise the frequency of all mankind. I raise the frequency of the earth. I raise the frequency of the universe, you know, in, in a fractional way. I do that for myself. I do that for the universe, but I also do it in a more potent and specific way for my family, where I have now loosened the grip that that energy has in my family. And you'll think you'll, you might be thinking to yourself, well, Zach, you know, like I did have a problem with alcohol or I did have a problem with heroin or meth or whatever, gambling. And I did get through it. Like I, I haven't gambled or I haven't drank in five or 10 years. My mom still drinks. My dad still gambles, whatever it might be. When you do this, you loosen the grip that this energetic pattern has on your family. The people who came before you in your family don't just have their karma removed. They still have to engage at this with a level of free will. It releases some of the tension of the grip that this addiction has on them. And so now they have more of an opportunity than they had before to rid themselves of that karma, to rid themselves of that addiction and to heal their soul.
1: Yeah, you know, one thing too, this is actually a new thing I had learned, but it makes sense, uh, the interconnection between all of us, right? Not just our family, but also our soul family. The soul circle, immediate soul circle we have in that book that I was reading that I was telling you, Zach, where they go into people's soul plans and the channels, the mediums, the psychics are tapping into the guides to understand that person's soul plan. One of the things that they had shared is as a person, in this soul family and that doesn't have to mean your immediate family like zach and i right we're soul family we're also just fucking best friends mm-hmm. but <laughs> um just two as you met outside of a bathroom actually though <laughs> <laughs> talking about the bathroom <laughs> uh while going to listen to a channel so you know that's just how it rolls soul but family. as one of us meets our lessons grows has an increase in vibration. The other has their end of that too. They are positively impacted by that. Even if they may have not played a direct role in that, the interconnection is still there. And so as I progress, so do these other people, all other souls in my soul family. And it's that same
0: interconnection. Yeah. If if they're willing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get you the get the energetic, opp- the energetics go. Yeah. But then the, free will comes in. But- then free will comes in. Yeah. They have the opportunity to lift. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, you know, sometimes you'll quote unquote, like outgrow friends or outgrow family. Um, they always have the opportunity to catch up, but, uh, but sometimes the frequency is not coherent anymore. And I mean, this is, this is true of, and I haven't quite figured out, or at least spirit hasn't told me yet how this works at a level of specificity, right? Cause I know that in my knowing, I know that when you raise your frequency, all matter in the universe raises its frequency. I know what we just talked about with the family thing, with the soul family thing, but I want to know to like, what extent, like it affects the people around you more. Does it affect the people around you more than the people that you've never heard of before? Right. And all those kinds of things. And I think to some degree, yes, because you have your intention in your, yeah, uh, you have your intention in your inner gaze, your, your chitta or your attention on these people. Um, for example, two of my friends in medical school who, Are not particularly like overtly spiritual, but they find all these facets about me interesting and they engage in conversation with me about them. And I've done a reading for one of them. They are having more and more and more spiritual experiences that are uncontextualized as their life goes on. Like we'll be hanging out and they'll share a hallucination. They'll like both see a figure and they'll talk about it later and be like, Oh shit, you saw that too or they'll have dreams about each other on the same night that have a similar theme and all these types of things. And, you know, I think in some ways me doing my work and then just seeing them and loving them and being around them allows them to step deeper into their spiritual path. Yeah. And it's going to be whatever
1: that path is meant to be, right? Like that path could also be someone stepping away from you and breaking free from you and being like this friendship doesn't work anymore. Okay right? That that's also a part of the path. How it looks is slightly different, but the energetics are still there doing whatever
0: it is that it's going to do. Yeah. That's a, that's a perfect place to go with this because you know, I think we associate being on our path and having a higher vibration, higher frequency. We, a lot of us think that that means that our life should get quote unquote better. Right. But your idea of better is what you think should Be happening right you think like oh well you know you said that if i raised my frequency and i healed myself then things would get better like why did my husband leave me why did my wife cheat on me why did why why am i no longer friends with this person i've been friends with for two decades or whatever it might be and it's like you know you you see that as bad because it's painful and i get it like those things are painful like being cheated on hurts being left hurts losing a friendship, there's grief involved with that. That doesn't mean that it's not in alignment to your highest good. And when we let go of the expectations of what our path is supposed to look like, we actually are gifted with the knowing that where we are at is where we are supposed to be. And we are gifted with the lessons in knowing rather than having to battle our way through them. So one of the things that I'm thinking about as you were
1: Speaking about that and actually in some of your last other points, but how does then free will play into this? So when we have those energetics and the shifts and they're supposed to do this thing, and maybe someone just freaks out so hard and it overrides that, what is that process? What happens there?
0: The the best way to say this is that you can say no. Like you can you can say no to whatever spirit wants to do with you. You have a plan, your soul has a plan for you. And really, I find it strange to say your soul when your soul is you, but like you at a higher level have a plan for the things that you're going to learn in this life. You have the option to say no to learning those things. And the way that this, I'm going to give an example of how this might look. Let's say that, um, somebody is here to learn what it looks like to to unconditionally love somebody or to work towards unconditional love and learn how to love people even when they're not presenting to you in the way that that you might want them to you can so we'll give the example of I want to do something that's good but not too touchy so there are like different different levels at which you can do this. Right. So let's say you have a friend that like added at a, at a really gentle level, like you could have a friend that just has, just does things that are like pet peeves and you can continue to get angry with this person and deny your love for them because they, whatever, they smother you too much or they, I don't know, they do a thing that pisses you off and you can say no to that. And stop being friends with that person or whatever that might look like, spirit will keep putting opportunities in your path for you to learn that lesson. It might get harder or it might get better, right? So if you were to continue to say yes to those things, they typically get gentler. So for example, you might, you might be gifted with the opportunity to love somebody unconditionally through being a caretaker for them. And I know that that's like a really, really hard thing for people But some of the beautiful connection that you have with somebody when you are a caretaker for them, the level of intimacy that you have with a person and your ability to love them after seeing the full spectrum of of human emotion and human experience can be a beautiful, touching, and loving experience. If you continue to deny this experience, oftentimes spirit will go from whispering to you to tickling you with a feather to hitting you with a pillow, to hitting you with a brick, to hitting you with a car, and then hitting you with a train. And things, the the signals will become increasingly obvious. So saying no to a lesson, saying no to learning a lesson doesn't mean that the opportunities will just go away and that you'll just go off on your path that you want completely scotch-free. You could you could live a life that you want to live as a small self, however you want, but like there will always be obstacles that spirit will put in your way in order for you to kind of look at them and change your mind. It's a redirection into that path or not a redirection, but giving
1: you the opportunity to step into that. And it's like, whatever choice you make, it's an energetic ripple effect. It just ripples its way through the pond, through the pond of your life. And so all these things that happen, will slightly shift and you'll have other opportunities to come back to this thing that you said no to, to this change, or you can continue to say yes. And, you know, spirit will do what it does to be able to try to bring you into this. And you can continually to choose to say no. And your soul has oh. to say in that too. So,
0: I, uh, <clears throat> I have a couple of personal examples about this. I mean, like I went from, and we can get into like astrology with this. My friend, uh, our friend Maya, like really has been helping us kind of understand the context of our lives through astrology. I am, for anybody who, out there who's interested in this kind of stuff, I am North Node Sagittarius, South Node Gemini, which means that the first half of my life was like very, um, very social, very like could small talk with anybody, could joke and be charismatic in any situation and all those types of things. And at a certain point in my life, you know, I started, spirit started having me make that transition towards Sagittarius, which is more like, spend more time in, in quiet, spend more time in solitude, spend more time getting in touch with spirit and like deeper spiritual wisdoms and less time socializing, less time wrapped up in dating, less time and all that kind of stuff. And oh, brother, did I fight that transition tooth and nail. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, brother. And it's not like it's not like every opportunity to socialize or whatever was taken away from me, right? But I would find myself becoming more sensitive emotionally where like if something didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go or the way that it used to go when I would behave a certain way, I would get more and more touchy about it or people would start responding in different ways to the things that I would do. And so it was like these, these subtle hints of like, what you are used to is no longer working and is no longer on your path. It's time to start listening to what you actually want and not what you think you're supposed to be. Same thing with, you know, also, I mean, my, my body feels like it's falling apart. Like I'm getting joint pains in every joint in my body. And my body's telling me like, stop working out. <laughs> like, you don't <laughs> yeah. need to, you don't need to look a certain way or be a certain way to be loved. And I'm like, but I like the way it looks. And they're like, you got to let go of it. And I'm like, but why? And they're like, here's some shoulder pain. (laughs) (laughs) Here's some pain to make you do it. Exactly. You can keep going.
1: It's just going to hurt a little bit more. Sorry.
0: They're like, your choice. When you you finally let it go, you'll feel fine. But like, until you can do that, we're just going to keep making it hard for you. Yeah. So with the concepts
1: that we brought up today, um i think we got into some really interesting points here but were well, there some other larger take homes that you wanted to bring across to everybody
0: you know when i think about it not particularly and that was one of the things that i went into this with i didn't really know where i was supposed to go with it but i i knew that there were people out there who would kind of need this information and would benefit from having a deeper understanding of how their body operates and responds to the energies around them and to understand on some level, like a deeper connection with what it means to be in vibration, a deeper connection with what it means to be raising your frequency. Um, and to, yeah, just to just take things beyond a level of surface understanding, because the way I think about it is like, you can know all the facts in the world and be, and I'm going to say, and be dumb, right. And I'm not calling anybody dumb, but like what I'm saying is it's far more important to be able to take what you know and to critically think about it than it is to know everything in the world. Um, So my intention in doing this is to give people a foundational understanding of their physiology in relation to frequency, in relation to vibration, not to teach a whole physio course, but to just be like, here's generally how your body works in vibration and allow them to use that as a lens through which they can contextualize the things that are happening to them if they want and to critically think about it rather than to you know need somebody to channel it specifically for them or anything like that to put some power back in your hands your vibrating hands and
1: with putting power back into your hands I'm gonna leave a little Neil thought here as well uh, energy is crazy it's sporadic and can do a million things and go a million different different directions as does our path to higher frequency yes we want to raise our vibration we want our energy to increase we want to go up and up and up but sometimes the path to that requires going down and getting low and dirty too so don't always strive to i need to do this to raise my frequency i need to do this to vibrate higher that is the end goal but the path of how we get there depends on you So this is where we listen to ourselves and what our body is needing, where our guides are taking us, where our soul is taking us. Because sometimes to get to that next step, you got to pump the brakes a little bit. Sometimes that means doing the thing that is not, love and light. Listen to some heavy-ass rock. Cuss a little bit. Do whatever, because sometimes you may need to get a bit more grounded, a bit more rooted to allow your body to be able to vibrate higher. And So whatever that means for you, it's so whatever that means for you. This is your process. This is your path to that place.
0: Ooh, Neil, you Ooh. said it. Ooh, you're <laughs> Ooh, you're right, mama. man. Sometimes, sometimes you got to do the sh- you know the quote unquote shadow work. Sometimes you got to be cussing more. Sometimes you got to hurt people, like straight up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to do the thing that that doesn't you know look like all smiles and rainbows and unicorn farts and shit like that. And sometimes you got to do nothing at all. And that can be the hardest thing sometimes. Sometimes you got to do. Especially if you're a person who's used to doing everything.
1: (laughs) That's usually the
0: answer. Sometimes you got to do nothing at all and let everything integrate. So good point, Neil. Good point, Neil. I think, I mean, the take home of that take home
1: is what wasted. It is be yourself. Because you guys wouldn't be here if Zach and I were not ourselves. That's why you're here. We're just being us, hanging out. Talking about the things, doing the things. We get to be ourselves and people like that, hopefully. And if not, they're not listening to us anymore, so that's okay. (laughs) But be yourself. Listen to yourself. You don't have to be this thing to be high vibe. You don't have to be this thing to be love and light. You are. That's the divine within you, Mm, mm, y'all. Just Mm. just drizzle some caramel on that. Mm. (laughs) I thought I could say just drizzle some karma on that. Some karma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, like, drizzle some karma on that. True.
0: True. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. 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 Vibe.
0: Hashtag vibe. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh, slay queen. Slay. <laughs> slay. <laughs> oh,
1: that's all I got, Zachy.
0: No, oh, man. I talked for like 45 straight minutes, so I'm pretty good. I'm good. I'm fine. You sure? You sure I'm, about that? I think so. Guys, you want sure? to hear any more from me? They're like, shut the fuck and i'm like all right
1: <laughs> all right all right we love you guys too <laughs> please subscribe and follow we're right here
0: oh that's actually one thing <laughs> i wanted to say too is like please like the podcast please leave a review if you like it share it with a friend if you really like it and ask us questions <laughs> we have us-
1: that little link and you open up a show notes first thing there ask us a question we'll answer your question on air you get this all of this neil and zach you get and all some ideas. spirit with it too but you got all of this <laughs> all right we're done now goodbye we love you bye